This week on our religion segment, we are here with Dylan from the Bible Conversations podcast to talk about the good and the bad of Christianity. And we'll see where the conversation goes. Well, definitely, Zach. And for this new format, we're going to be looking at different religions and different perspectives and putting it under this light of the good and the bad, just to not only uphold what the messages and the mission stand for, for whatever perspective we're discussing for that week, and kind of some of the scrutiny that we may, I guess, hear within pop culture or just what's in um, what's in the news today. We're going to say what you're saying on this whole topic. Welcome, Dylan. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you both. I'm excited about this. Um, when y'all sent me the, the Facebook message asking if I could join y'all and, and talk about Christianity, I was very pumped. Um, it's, it's always great, especially in a format that y'all have where you just want to talk about things with unbiased eyes with um no agendas or anything you just want to say what needs saying <laughs> yeah um uh you know i want to put a little in that when i do that i love listen i love it anytime i hear it on the on tv or a radio station i just right. think of the little 10 pennies i'm gonna get whenever this clears i'm like oh that's my royalty Cha-ching, yeah right. um, uh it, i but i was really excited when y'all y'all asked me to do this so um, to start with the good, um, I, the good about Christianity, I, I want to sum it up in one phrase, and this is going to seem very loaded when I say this, but the good about Christianity is it answers the question that philosophers have been asking for thousands of years. What is the meaning of life? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the greatest minds of all time debate this about what the meaning of life is. What, what are we on this earth for? And I think that's the good of Christianity is that we have an answer. We're here on this earth to praise God. We're, we're here on this earth to, to glorify God with our lives. And through the things that we do, through the words that we say, through the, the actions of our lives, we're here to glorify God with what we do. That's, that's the purpose of, of our life. Um, I'll put it in in this kind of form for y'all. Imagine God as the potter and Mm -hmm. people are the clay and God has formed each one of us. He is um, just as the potter, you know, we'll spin that wheel around the clay and and form a vase um, to hold water. So God will spin us on the wheel and form each one of us. And what's the purpose of the, the vase? Well, it's to hold water, right? And the purpose of each one of us is to glorify God. And so no matter what the vase looks like, whether it's tall, short, uh, skinny, or fat, (laughs) the purpose of that vase is to hold water. Same thing with, with us as people, as the clay that God has formed, our purpose is to glorify God. And so whether we're tall, short, skinny, fat, (laughs) you know, you name it. um, There's a children's song. Jesus loves the little children and it's, all races, all kinds of people, Jesus loves them. And I think that's what is the good about Christianity is that we're able to kind of answer the meaning of life, but also show how, you know, it's not just a vague answer. Um, When we read through scripture, we understand how we are to glorify God, how we are to worship God. So um, I don't know. Do y'all have any thoughts that go along with that? Well, I was, I was like, I'll go ahead and start. Well, growing up, I was so much so the church boy. I went to all the Bible studies. I was in the back mm-hmm. of the choir, singing with the choir. I grew up all throughout with the church. 
And uh, my middle school, my, uh, I guess our saying was, to whom much is given, much is required. And I think the same way in regards to uh, blessings bestowed on those he finds favor. So for mm-hmm. those who have been given blessings, much is required as to either pass those down or encourage the knowledge to continue the faith and understanding and the guidance towards the Lord in that, you know, that perspective and stuff like that. So that's very much so. I, I Growing up, that, the, that 100% aligns with you know, the message and, you know, the, the entire purpose of Christianity. Yeah. And, and that's scripture. That's, that's actually a parable taught by Jesus that, um, uh, about men who were given five talents, three talents and one talent. And it's, uh, the parable is a question about what do you do with the things that you're given? And the really cool thing about that parable that Jesus tells is that, um, it's not just talking about talents as in skills and abilities, but those talents are, in the Greek language, it's referring to things that were given. And so the things that God gives us, he gives us love. He gives us grace. He does give us abilities and he gives us so, so many blessings. And then it's a matter of what are you doing with that love that God gives you? Are you giving that love then to, to everyone in your life, that grace that God gives you? Are you then returning that grace, that forgiveness to everyone in your life, everyone who wrongs you? the talents and abilities. Are you doing something with those talents and abilities? The blessings that you got, got, that God gives you, are you doing something with those blessings? And, um, you know, Spider-Man and, and Uncle Ben actually kind of took that, <laughs> took those words out of Christ's mouth to um, whom much is given um, or something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, that's that, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and you bring up a good point, right? It's not, not even just Christianity, but religion in general. So as, as we were talking about, as Brandon mentioned a little at the beginning, we're doing this new format. And the reason that we want to start with the good stuff is because not only the bad stuff is the reason that people don't like talking about religion. People mm-hmm. often are afraid to talk about this good stuff because it's so important to them, right? It's your, your life is revolving around it. You, it's yeah. defining the meaning of life for you. And so to speak about that, to talk about that, if you're going to expect or anticipate any form of criticism or, or pushback, then for a lot of people, that's harder to, to come out and talk about, right? Because same thing with politics, same thing with a lot of these things that we're talking about, because people don't like, we talked about this early on in one of the episodes, people don't like being wrong. People yeah. don't like being perceived to be wrong. Even if you truly believe that, you know, you're quote unquote right with, with, whatever your faith is, people don't like talking about it then because they're afraid of that. And I think that's the good part. And I think that that is why, you know, we wanted to invite you on here to talk about whatever you thought the good components of, of Christianity is, of your religion is, because, you know, we want to offer that, that platform to encourage people to talk about this stuff, to encourage um, that conversation. Brandon, what, what kind of, uh, what branch of Christianity were you when you were growing up? Was Because I know I grew up Catholic and s- since kind of distanced myself a little bit. Um, what about you? So growing up, um, my, I think a lot of a lot of my family, or at least a lot of Jamaicans that I know, are uh, Methodists. But I grew up in the AME church, which is the African-American um, Episcopal, I think, um, AME. Um, and it was not as lively as a Baptist church, but not as, I guess, rigid as a Catholic church. Um, very much so somewhere in the middle. Um, but I, one thing I did want to mention was that so much so that people who hear the good can come forth into the good, but those who hear how you're able to be transparent and to, you know, give and receive the feedback 
in the same light as the good while going through the transgressions will even pull more people. So not only is this good, it's good in every light. You know, there's you can find good in anything. So this is good in every light. I do appreciate it once again. Well, and before we jump into the bad, I just wanted to point out for anyone who's listening to the audio, I know we are still on Spotify, on Anchor and everything. If you're listening to the audio, check out our YouTube channel, look at the video because I, and I know this is a shameless plug. Um, and so, yeah, once you're on the YouTube channel, smash the like buttons, hit the subscribe Ooh! button, all that stuff. But uh, honestly, watch the video, watch Dylan's face when he's describing the the good of Christianity, watch that as opposed to just listening to it, because, you know, there's something to be said about just, just watching you explain this, you know, it's clear that that good, that quote unquote good is that good to you, right? That, that it means that much to you that I think the audio only doesn't really do it justice. So yeah, definitely check that out. Um, check out the video component so that you can see the actual, I don't know, the, the, the visual component of, of him describing this good. But anyway, yeah, I, I think that, you know, we, we've touched on a lot of the good. Um, Dylan, I wanted to, before we kick it over to some of the more quote unquote bad or controversial stuff, I wanted to give you one last chance to say what needs saying about any more, any other good aspect that you want to bring up before we jump over um, anything we think that we've left out. That's important. And you're yeah, being well, very, you're being very nice, Dylan. Cause you could, you could yeah. have a whole podcast on all the good. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and that, that's the thing is when y'all asked me the good and I was like, Hmm, let right. me see. <laughs> there's six books in the Bible. How, how am I going to summarize this? Right. Um, and so that's why I just chose with that very big statement that, it gives purpose to life. And so um, to, to add on to that as well, before we talk about the bad, um, one of the main things that I like to share with folks is those who don't have any connections to Christianity. Like, like y'all mentioned, you grew up um, uh, AME and Catholic and, and so y'all have a, a understanding of scripture, um, which is awesome, but it's the folks that I really like sharing with that, that, don't know much about Jesus that don't know much about the Bible at all. And, and that's when I can, can tell them, Hey, I, I can share something with you that gives your life purpose. I can share something with you to show you that, that you don't have, have to have a broken life that, that God didn't make you broken, that um, I was formed as a jar of clay, just as you were. And that, even though we may be at different circumstances in life, that God doesn't make any jars of clay that are broken and that you can still do the purpose that the jar of clay was, was made for to hold water. You know, you can still glorify God. You can still worship God just as I can. And that's our purpose. We don't need to do anything more. We don't need to have the biggest house. We don't need to have the, uh, this or that or anything. We have one goal. That's to glorify God. And when we are able to hold that water like the jar, when we're able to glorify God, then that's when we get to look forward to eternity. That's when we get to look forward to heaven with God, which is, I guess, probably the the best of all the good things about Christianity. <laughs> yeah, well, we appreciate you you summing it up. I mean, obviously, like like you said, it's impossible to fit in all of the good of anything in in that, you know, short of a period. And like, like we said, you know, we plan to do this with different religions, but also, you know, cycle back through and get back to Christianity or different uh, sects of Christianity or, or things like that. And so hopefully yeah. as time goes by and we do some more of these segments, we'll be able to flesh out a little better 
the good surrounding all these religions, right? And, and have, as we get some different people coming on, get some different perspectives on what, what different people value most about the religion and what, what they think is their, their good, right? Their good aspects. So, yeah, and I think that'd be really cool too, because when you even just look at the, look inside Christianity, um, then there's even a whole nother conversation you can have. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah. So with that, I think we can jump into some of the more quote unquote bad or controversial aspects of Christianity, right? So the other reason that people don't like talking about religion is the more negative aspects of it, right? People will talk about things like the Crusades. People will talk about things like the KKK. People will talk about things like, you know, Catholic priests and molestation accusations and things like that. And so there's all these things that when you now say, oh yeah, I'm a Catholic or, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, now the the observer or listener is saying, oh, well, what about these things, these things that, you know, I know about that, oh, that that frames Christianity in a bad light or frames Catholicism in a bad light or whatever the religion is. Everyone has them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Brandon, I'll kick it over to you. I know that you had some some um, you wanted to talk more about the the connections to the KKK. And I think that would be a great place to start. But I don't want to I don't want to take it from you. You can. Uh, frame it, jump into whatever aspect you want of it. There's so much that we could talk about with the bad too, with like, you know, we got to pick and choose a little bit. <laughs> right. And, and no problem. I have, you know, no reservation in doing so, but I did want to pose an interesting question to Dylan that we didn't get to speak on the last time we did a uh, collaboration. When a lot of people who hear the, what about this or the, what about, so I was thinking about the, the second could be called the, what abouts, they still have a core aspect of the religion. That's, and then, then they assimilate it to others and consider it. I'm more spiritual than religious. What aspects would you say of Christianity? Are they pulling upon this idea of I'm spiritual? Cause they're clearly still rooted in this concept. So you're saying, what do I say to the folks that say? No, no, no. Like, what, what, what aspects do you think people are still attaching themselves to when they say they're spiritual? Because they, oh, I'm not, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, but I'm still Christian. You know, you know, I've heard that. Okay, so, so like when, when folks will say, you know, I'm not really religious. I don't go to church, but I am spiritual. Right, and they, but they still have that connection to Christianity. Yeah, I mean, I think that that kind of just goes back to look at our world today. Um, I see that a lot with millennials and Gen Z. It's the, I want to declare my own path for, for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to uh, ride on the coattail of anyone else. And so it's, I am recognizing there's a higher power. I'm recognizing there's a God up there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pray to him. I'm going to try to live my life as best I can for him, but I'm not really religious. I'm not going to get into that church scene with everyone. You know, it, it's that kind of mindset. And, um, well, I think that honestly is a good starting block for anyone to recognize there's a higher power. That's awesome. But we have to understand that there's more than that. Uh, when we read throughout scripture, when we read through the book of Acts, as the, the church was started 2,000 years ago, um, there is progress to be made and there is a body of Christ. You know, the folks in the church are called the body of Christ for a reason because we each have different parts, just as our, our hands and our arms work differently and do different jobs than our feet and our legs. So does the church. There are different parts, the different people in there do different things, have different jobs and different talents. Mm -hmm. And each one of us, well, we all work together. Mm -hmm. And so while you may be spiritual and say, yeah, I recognize there's a God out there, but I'm not going to get into that church scene. Um, I want to encourage people to, to understand what is written throughout the new Testament that, 
we need that body. We need the support and encouragement of one another. And we can't do this journey of life alone. And doing, I think that's an outstanding way to go into the, the quote unquote bad, because you spoke on such warming words on coming together and, you know, being from different walks of life, coming together in the same body. When two come together, church is formed, not necessarily a physical being needs to be in the physical structure needs to be there, but the mindset needs to be there. And I wonder why is there a mindset? Is it in was it in Alabama, Zach, or in South Carolina, the all white church that got? Oh married? yeah, yeah, Minnesota maybe. Min- I uh, was, mini, mini. Uh, I don't remember. It started with an M, I think, but we'll we'll figure it out. One of those in states. Yeah, yeah, one of those states in the uh, yeah. Why now? Granted, it doesn't take much to 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 ask the question: Why in America would there want to be a strictly white congregation? to celebrate God. But the question is, why would there be, why should, I guess, a minority, specifically black per se, would want to join um, Christianity based off of how tied it is to the level of racism that rivals or is is very much so in contention with the KKK because very much so KKK members still practices that I think in Ohio um, has the largest uh, congregation of KKK members in the United States. And it's very like, they still go to church. They have church services. They do things for the community. And I wonder, is there an embracement from Christianity for the KKK? Oh man, no. <laughs> but, but, but then you say like, I want to hear no, but then I will see documentaries saying, you know, this is our Lord and savior, not your Lord and savior. Like this is very much. So our God, we stand for, you know, tried and true America, the KKK, we want purity and, you know, explain more because from the outside, it's, it's, it's not that inviting to those who don't look white. Yeah. So when we look throughout culture, basically of like all time history, honestly, um, you can see extremist groups mm-hmm. um, just as a Nazi regime with an extremist group, they end up, you know, becoming the, the group that was in control um, all of Germany didn't feel the same way that Hitler did. And you can see that throughout all of culture. Same thing with every dictator that has ever lived, every awful person that has ever been in charge. You can even see that in America today. Um, a lot of the far left folks sometimes do acts that don't represent the majority of those on the left. Very true. Some of the far right folks do acts that don't re- represent the majority of the folks on the right. Um, And it's really, really sad when a small group of folks can put a black eye on the whole body of believers, you know? And when you look at that, that black eye, that's a very, very small percentage of my entire body. I'm I'm 6'4", 230 pounds. And so if I had a black eye, that's a small clump of cells that is, that makes up my entire body. However, when someone looks at me, that is the first thing they see. And it's so disappointing because I can tell someone, don't, don't look at that. That doesn't represent me. That's because somebody else was not being smart, was not reading through what God left behind for us in the Bible and decided to hit me in the face. Mm-hmm. And yet whenever somebody looks at, the bo- at my body, they see that black eye and they say, what's wrong with, with him? Why does he have a right. black eye? And that's where it, it just kills me. And th- which is why I started the podcast, which is why I love joining y'all because every chance that I have to, to step up and say, 
that is not really Christianity. That is a group of folks that are calling themselves Christian, but I'm telling you right now, they're not. They, they are not followers of Christ. If they're members of the KKK are not followers of Christ. Um, it, it just, I can't put it any more plainly other than using the platforms that I have to speak up and say, that's not right. That's not Christianity. Don't believe them when they say they're Christians. Right. right. And, and, I, and that there is a part of me in representation of so many who've lost their lives um, based off that concept. Like I, I, I hear like that wasn't a, necessarily the apology for everything, but there's a level of soothingness to what you're saying that kind of quells some of the some of the I guess the like when when we're talking about this, I very because I okay my mind's going everywhere. So you said the black the black eye thing. I thought it was funny that it's just such a small portion of my body are like the black eyes, and I was like, huh, it's like a small portion of churches are like just black guys, and like you know it's just like because it could be. It could, it should be more like more people, not, you know, if, if the message is to be good and to be wholesome, there should be more there. And I, I think of the intimidation, like, you know, I forgot, I, and I, I think it was Dylan Roof, I forgot his name, where he went into the church and, you know, killed was it the eight or 12 people in the church. Well, it was, a, it was an all black churches, you know, yeah. stuff like that doesn't encourage, I guess, not, not even encourage membership, but encourage the message. You know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. tarnishes the message and not so, saying that every church should be open, which it, it, I, I agree that it should be, but we're very much so in America that isn't like, I, I can think of an episode where we'll bring you on and then we can have someone that is a KKK member saying, how dare you say that I'm not a Christian when I believe I'm going the true walk. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, yeah, and I totally get that. Like, if y'all had a KKK member on, and he's like, no, I believe I'm a 100% a Christian, that's where I'd just be like, okay, let's read a little bit of Bible verses, and let's let's see how we're supposed to love all people. And I would actually even take him to the verse that I was about to take y'all to, um, Galatians chapter 2. I don't know if y'all have your Bibles in front of you, but I'll read it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two characters here in Galatians chapter 2. There's Paul the Apostle. He's the guy that wrote most of the New Testament as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And then there's Peter. He's the one of the 12 that walked closely with Christ. He was very outspoken, Peter was, and the things that he did and, and wherever he went. Um, he's the kind of guy, he was the guy that told Jesus when Jesus said, I'm going to go die on the cross, that, that Peter was like, over my dead body you are. And, and Jesus is like, dude, get behind me. This is what I came here for. And so um, Galatians chapter 2, starting in verse 11, has these two guys. And it um, says, Um, But when Cephas, that's the other name for Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. This is Paul writing. Paul opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. The circumcision party were the, the Jewish people. And the folks that came from James were... Jewish men. They were from down in Jerusalem. And you see, Peter was there in Antioch. He was eating meals with both Jews and Gentiles. Gentile is just a word to describe anyone who's not a Jew. And so he's there with Jews and Gentiles all eating together. But then these folks from Jerusalem came down, these Jewish men from Jerusalem came to visit them in this city of Antioch. And when that happened, Peter was like, oh, I have other Jewish friends here. I'm going to go eat with them and not really hang out with the Gentile folks, the ones that are of a different race. And so when Paul came to town, he basically raked Peter over the coals in front of the entire 
congregation of believers for being very hypocritical and, and not sitting, even sitting down at the same table as the Gentiles. And he's like, you crazy racist, what are you doing? Both those Gentiles and those Jews, they're all Christians. Um, when Christ came and died for all people, he removed all kinds of barriers. He killed all kinds of hostility because what we are drawn to now is Christ. We're not drawn to anything else. And so the folks that like members of the KKK that say, no, that's my savior. That's not your savior. Then I'm like, you're not reading the Bible. That's our savior. So, yeah. Well, and that brings up a good point that I wanted to get into actually in, in tying, well, I guess all of these together, but you know, the Judeo-Christian faiths teach that humans are flawed, right? That the humans are flawed, that we have sin and that we, everyone screws up, everyone sins, everyone does these things, right? Yeah, I think it's Romans 3.28, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right, and so I think that's something that comes back to this, right? Is that people have, and even outside of the religious context, right? That's something that I believe too, is that individuals have agency, right? Individuals have free will and the ability, well, free will is, is a touchy, concept, I suppose, but people have the ability to make their own decisions and are then responsible for their own decisions, right? And just because they are part of a larger group, that larger group isn't then responsible for every single person within that, you know, organization and all of their individual actions. I know a lot of people feel that that's not good enough, right? I feel like a lot of people don't have that same viewpoint that I do. And so that's where a lot of these problems come from, right? Looking at the the examples of uh, Catholic priests and molestation cases, right? That was a it was an awful, horrible um, trend that that was happening uh, much more than I'm so stupid. Right. And it probably does still happen. Right. And yeah. so that's something that I wanted to touch on a little, too, because, you know, it's something that on the one hand. Positions of power, this stuff happens, right? You get teachers that molest children, you get a lot. other. Right. And so you get other positions outside of the priests or whatever other religious positions, but you get these positions of power where people take advantage of the children in those instances, maybe even take the job because that gives them the opportunity to. But again, for some people, that's not enough, right? It's not enough to say that, well, it's a position of power. This is kind of an unavoidable for the, you know, thing that maybe we can lessen, but it's, it's going to happen. And the evidence is that it happens in all of these other arenas too, not just religion. But what would you say to that? What would you say to the, the occurrence of this within the Catholic church, within the, um, within Christianity more broadly and say like, you know, is this something that regardless of whether or not it happens outside of Christianity, is this something that the Catholic church specifically or Christians in general should be doing something else to address or should be handling in some other way? Um, or is it kind of just that, well, these are, these are quote unquote bad Christians that aren't actually following the texts and aren't actually practicing, you know, quote unquote correctly. But yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts. I think that's one we have to definitely be careful of. And I was wrong on that verse for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not Romans three twenty eight. It's in Romans somewhere, but my mind's okay. not really a steel trap when it comes no to worries. memory memory verses. <laughs> um, but I think that's something we have to be really careful of um, because if we jump out as the folks that are always against this and against that and saying you're wrong and you're wrong, then that's not, I don't want to say it's not my job, but at the same time, I'm not the judge, you know, God's the judge. And so while I want to correct my brothers, while I want to 
encourage them to improve their relationship with God and, and to write. Um, it almost puts just as much of a dark shadow, uh, you know, a rain cloud over, over my faith as, as the bad things do. When, if, if something happened and, and I get out on a street corner with a megaphone and I'm saying, those priests are wrong, that's not true Christianity, then I'm not really looking that great myself. <laughs> and so um, it's, a, it's a very tough thing to balance because all we really have in the end is our own circle of influence. Um, and while it's awesome to, to start podcasts, to, to start YouTube channels, to try to grow your circle of influence so you can educate everyone on, on what's right and wrong, on, on how that's not that's not representing all of Christianity, how they, they are not in the right, you know, growing your circle of influence is great. So you can tell people that, but I think going out there and even knocking on that priest door and telling them, Hey, you're wrong. If I don't have a relationship with that priest, he's just going to turn, he's going to slam the door in my face, you know, to correct people, you need to have a relationships with them. Um, and and I completely agree. Now I'm. This is where I guess say when you're saying will I guess codify its name. I'm going to put you in somewhat of the hot seat. All right. So in regards to so and, and you're right. If you don't have a relationship with someone, and I guess even speaking in the realm of Christianity or just the Golden Rule, if you don't have a relationship with that person or if you don't know of which they come or their origin, it's not best to speak on them and their actions. Mm-hmm. That's like That's a not. safe. And judge, you're yeah, right, yeah. right, right. And uh, an eye for a not for an eye. Don't touch my eye, I won't touch yours. So, would you say the same for those who are in the KKK? Like, so is it, is it easier to point that finger rather than to point the priest's finger? Or, I, I think it's about the same. It's the kind of thing where within my circle of influence, and I'm always trying to grow it, <laughs> always trying to, mm-hmm. to engage with more people um, and be able to tell them that's not true Christianity. They are wrong. Um, and unless I have a relationship with someone, I'm not going to go knock on a member of the KKK's door and tell him he's wrong. You know, I, I hear these great stories of um, members of the KKK when they actually have sat down with a African-American man yeah. in the past and, and realize why do I actually profess to hate this person. This is a really nice guy. And that member of the KKK realizes I'm wrong. And that's awesome. But it has to start with a relationship. It has to start with, with something first. Um, It can't just be a knock on the door. Hey, this is me. Love me. um, Regardless of my skin color. And it it has to start with a relationship. So, I mean, I don't know if that answered your question, but I think it'd be the, the same situation both ways is I, I do what I can but I can't jump up on a mountaintop and change the world. So then directly, I guess you wouldn't be able to condemn the molestations of uh, the children of the church by priests across the, across uh, the designations, whether it be Catholic priest, Baptist, Presbyterian, it's, it's everywhere from Eddie Long to Pope John Paul, to pick a number, you know, by condemn you, you mean, you know, tell everyone that I know that it's wrong or yeah, well, cause I would totally do that. <laughs> right. I mean, granted, right. Okay. To say that it's wrong. Yes. I'm sure you just, you can say that both, both occurrences that Zach and I brought up are wrong mm-hmm. to sit now to say that 
molesting a child or to, you know, to discriminate against one's skin color, that it wouldn't be necessarily Christian-like to, I guess, point the finger on those entities. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my mind around what you're asking. Um, Zach, help me out. Okay. (laughs) I, I think he's just trying to get it like, so it's one thing to condemn it, say it's bad and say it's not uh, Christian behavior, but that it's also not your place as a Christian to be the one to judge and to be the one to, um, I guess. To push, to push for change, you mean? Um, potentially. I don't know. Brandon, is that what you mean? Like push well, for change? I just, okay, so like, just as a person, you can say that A and B is wrong, but through the veil of Christianity, it is not encouraged to say that they have done wrong. No, I, I totally, I mean, through the veil of Christianity, if you will, um, when I'm up preaching in front of the congregation that I work at, mm-hmm. um, I'd be more than happy to preach and say, members of the KKK, y'all need to read your Bible, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, those priests who are out there molesting children, if they're somehow listening to me, y'all need to, to knock it off and get right. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what I kind of go back to is that, I, I can't reach those priests. I can't reach members of those of the KKK unless they're in my circle. And without, you know, if I tried to reach them, unless they're in my circle, then it would put a dark, a dark cloud over, over me and my faith, because people would say, look at this guy who thinks he's holier than that. You know, whenever people don't know you, then your words are often taken out of context. Even if it's in the most genuine of, of circumstances. If anyone who doesn't know me, hears hears me talking on good morning America and saying those priests need to stop what they're doing. KKK members put, put down your white cloaks, whatever they wear. I don't know. Um, If anybody heard me saying that, then be like, who's this holier than thou Christian. And so um, I think that's kind of what I go back to. Um, I mean, it's a circle of influence. I I can influence the people that I, uh, that are around me and hopefully I'm doing a good enough job where they also have their circles of influence. And then that's the beauty of, of evangelism right there is, you know, teach one and and they will teach one and they will share and they, you know, branches off from there. Right. That was a, that was a perfect moment for you to plug your podcast too. Speaking of circles of influence, you have to check out the Bible podcast with Dylan. Yeah, Bible Conversations. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Um, uh, check it out. We actually did a really, really awesome episode last week um, talking about focusing on Christ, which is kind of what we're talking about right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's uh, no matter what's going on in life, no matter how bad things are, um, if you focus on Christ, it's a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. Not saying life is going to be perfect, but it'll be better. Yeah. So I think the the global message around this whole part is that fix your circle of influence, fix your circle of of people around you. And that's kind of the thing with, with everything, right. With individual just agency and everything I was talking about before, right. The best way to make the world a better place is to make yourself and those around you better people because then the world is made up of better people. And so if everyone does that within their own circle of influence, presumably those priests, those, those KKK members are within another Christian circle of influence. And so the best you can hope is that those Christians act in a more Christian way and, and act within their circle of influence to, to, you know, to, to change some minds, to open some minds. Um, yeah, and I think that's where we also have to 
understand what is actually written in this book right here. Mm -hmm. Um, Because being a better person is great. But if you tell someone who thinks they are a good person already, right. Be a better person without telling them how, you know, (laughs) then it, it doesn't go as far. So, so getting back to that, the, the priest's uh, molestation cases then get based on what is in that book, how much of it do you think, if any, is due to some of the aspects built into Christianity, such as abstinence and such as, you know, the, the inability to, to masturbate without judgment in, in some cases. Do you think that plays into, so we talked about these other groups, right? Teachers and other positions of power that, that go into these professions potentially to do this stuff. Um, and then they molest children in their professions and then they, you have in, instances of it outside of the church. Mm-hmm. those situations, this doesn't really apply as much, right? Except to maybe if they're a Christian teacher or something along those lines, right? They don't have, you know, God judging them if they're, if they're jerking off. And so how much do you think that plays into this as with the priests where something in the text, in the scriptures is on some level amplifying the problem? Or do you think again, that this is something that just is a product of the position of power that has to do with children and humans being flawed and that kind of being the end of the story. Um, just wanted, you know, one last yeah. closing thought I had on it. Yeah. So, well, first to kind of talk about whether, you know, are the priests the only ones that are going to be judged by God for, for doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's going to have to be accountable for, for what we do. Um, we, we, reading through scripture, we understand that that Christ is going to return again. Um, someday we don't know when, and everyone is going to have to be accountable for, for what we've done. The amazing thing is it almost paints the picture of like a courtroom where God is the judge and Jesus is our defense attorney. And, um, those who are faithful to him and have been obedient to him, um, even though we've all messed up, those who have turned their hearts over to Christ, truly, Jesus will say, hey, this guy's good. He's coming with me. Those who rejected Christ, whose hearts are not found in Christ, Jesus is going to say, I don't know this guy, actually. Um, and so everyone's going to have to have to make an account for our actions, good and bad. Um, it's not just the those who are religious that God is going to judge on their actions. Um, but with that... Um, I think it goes back to the question you kind of asked, why does this happen? That position of power. We have to almost do a little history lesson as far as how did that come about? And going all the way back to the first century, when the Bible was written, we see the way the church was set up was with um, some elders and deacons and over a body of believers. And it's not just one elder and one deacon. There are a number of elders, a number of deacons, to work together, to hold each other accountable, to um, lead the the body that they're over. And each one is autonomous, which kind of means, you know, they're on their own. The elders and deacons that are in charge of this congregation that serve in this congregation, don't tell this congregation over here what to do. And that's actually really important when we look at cultures today. Um, if we had some folks over here in in America, in Texas, where I live specifically, telling the folks all, all the way over in Ukraine, you know, the Christians over in Ukraine, this is how you should worship. This is how we read scripture. Well, the culture doesn't really work out because it's, you know, we don't, we don't do that. And um, I had this really funny um, 
funny story about a missionary who went over to Ukraine and um, when they passed contribution to, you know, give of their own money out of the goodness of their heart um, back to the church, um, then there was, they didn't actually pass, pass a tray or anything in Ukraine. Instead, they had a box in the back of the auditorium. And he said, well, over here in America, we pass trays. Why are you not passing trays? You need to be passing trays. And that's just a very small example and kind of seems almost super minor, but um, that's why each congregation is autonomous, why there's not elders over here and deacons over here telling others over here what they should do. Now, with that being said, that was the way it was set up in the first century. That's the way that that the apostles who walked with Christ set up the church. And then as we progress from there, uh, around the time that Constantine, um, one of the old uh, Roman emperors, became a Christian and declared Christianity as the religion across the known world, across Rome, um, then he set up some of these elders as uh, priests and bishops and cardinals and really formed what we know of as the Catholic Church. And um, and so from there, it, it morphed from the original model that we see in scripture. Um, so anyways, that that goes all the way back to when one man has power that power goes to his head, regardless of how religious that guy is, you know, um, as opposed to this group of men who hold each other accountable, who serve together to lead a congregation. And so I think that has a big play into why we see these cases of uh, priests molesting children, because that, that guy got too much power over a group of people that he wasn't really supposed to have according to scripture. So Sorry, that might have been a longer answer than what y'all were hoping for, but. <laughs> no, you're saying what needs saying. So that's the point, right? So I, I appreciate you you bringing it up, right? Like we said, these are these are touchy topics. These are sensitive subjects that people don't like talking about. But if we don't talk about these, then it's still going to be just as hard to talk about Christianity. It's going to be just as hard to talk about religion in general. More people aren't going to be open to the possibility of talking about these incredibly important aspects of people's lives. Like you said, people take their definition of the meaning of life from religion. People take their very key components of who they are, how they act, what they believe in from religion. And so if we can't openly talk about it, the good and the bad, then it's, it's just not going to go anywhere. Um, like, like we were talking about earlier, you know, we could spend hours on both the good and the bad, but we wanted to give you another chance to, you know, before we leave off, I'd hate to leave off entirely on this negative aspect. I was actually um, about to ask if I can yeah. talk one more thing about good. Oh, <laughs> right. Of course, yeah. Of course. Yeah, man. So I want to kick it back over to you. Um, give you another chance. Go ahead and drop another plug, um, anywhere we can find your podcast and everything like that. And then. We'll give you a chance to say what needs saying one more time and anything, you know, the floor is yours. We'll give you a couple minutes and, and we'll, we'll end on that note instead. Sounds good. Well, um, like they were saying, I'll, I'll give a little plug, a Bible conversations podcast. Um, you can check it out. Apple podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, um, wherever you find a podcast, um, you can check it out. Find us on uh, Facebook or Instagram, like our pages and you'll see the content that we post out there with reminders about everything. Um, and if you have any questions, you know, my name's Dylan Bruce, find me on Facebook, friend me, send me, uh, send me any questions that you may have about any of this I would love to talk about it. That'd be awesome. Um, but I want to leave off with one more good thing. Um, and it's from Ephesians chapter four. This is possibly one of my favorite verses, um, because you can see the beauty of God's plan, um, through these couple of verses. Um, starting in verse 
uh, I'll probably just start in verse four. It says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Um, it shows that God's relationship with us, that God is living in us, that his, his spirit dwells within us. Just as we read in the Old Testament, his, the Holy Spirit of God dwelt on a Ark of the Covenant, um, which had, had movies made out of that. Today, he dwells within us, which is so amazing. And um, the one hope that belongs to your call, this life, you could ask any number of people, what happens when you die? And you can get a lot of answers, but there's only one hope according to God for what's going to happen after you die. There's the old story about a dad talking with his son as his son's in high school and, and um, they're out in the backyard just playing catch. And, and he's asking his son about his plans for life. And he says, so what are you going to do after you graduate? And his son says, well, I'm going to go to college. So the dad asks, what next? Well, I'll probably get married. What next? Well, find a job. What next? Have some kids, have a dog. What next? Buy a house. What next? Well, I guess eventually I'll retire. What next? Well, I'll try to travel the world with my wife. What next? Mm -hmm. I guess I'm going to die, dad. And so the point of that story is that you have to be thinking what next. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have something that gives you hope for what next, then put me on Facebook and message me. I'd love to, to talk about hope. So that's the, the ultimate good, I think. That was the greatest closer ever. I thought he was going to give an answer, and he said, and hey, we'll be right back. I was like, oh, snap. I was in it. I wasn't even going to give an answer. This is a great story. This is a Pixar short, guys. That was astounding. <laughs> Dylan Bruce, everyone, thank you once again for coming in on this segment. Uh, we really appreciate it. Zach, awesome. any parting words? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Just happy to have you on the show. Happy to start this segment off. I'm excited to talk with you more and with other Christians, with the other people of faith. Um, if you're still listening at this point, check us out on YouTube and check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, all with Say What Needs Saying. And then Twitter, we are Say What Needs. Um, subscribe to us on all of those. It definitely helps find Bible, uh, Bible conversations as well. Subscribe to them. And tell your friends, if you like this segment, then tell your friends and come on next time. What we're doing with this next, uh, with this new format is that we are doing these various segments. This one is the religion one that we'll be doing. Some weeks we'll do religion, some weeks we'll do culture, but every time, every week at 7 p.m. Eastern, after recording these segments, we're gonna have a conversation on Zoom. Everyone is welcome. If you aren't already in the loop somehow, email us at saywhatneedssayingpodcast at gmail.com and we can add you to the invite list. That way you can join the conversations. All the topics that we talk about in these segments are gonna be fair game. So for this week, for example, we've got Dylan talking about Christianity, the good and the bad. We are going to be talking about Roth IRAs with Brandon for the money segment. We're going to talk about um, anti-Asian hate and violence with the current events. And we'll have someone on, a listener on, to talk about academia and how wokeness, equity, and, and cancel culture and all of those are, are getting more intertwined with academia. 
And so if you want to talk about this stuff, if you have questions for Dylan this week, um, hopefully we can get those to him. And in the future, we can push you to him as well. And so we can get those questions answered for you. Dylan, thanks again, man, for joining. This was great as always. Um, happy to have you back on Say What Needs Saying. Yeah, thank y'all. I really appreciate it. It's awesome talking with y'all.